You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I've got a message for you today that's going to help you move like this from where you are to where God wants you to be. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to choose Jesus? Are you ready to be challenged? Turn to the person next to you and say, buckle up. Say, please don't run away. Just hold on. You're going to get through this. You've got an almighty God that's here to help you. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word of God? Are you ready to be challenged? Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready to be challenged. Tell them again, say, get ready to be challenged. Amen. Hallelujah. Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, we declare the Word of God before we minister the Word of God. So we're just going to do a declaration of the Word of God. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen. Maybe you're going through some challenges and some difficulties, but as a Christian, when you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason to rejoice. There's reason to be happy. Amen. So today I want to minister and share a message with you. I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, I choose Jesus. Can I just start by saying this, that the church was not created, was not built for man, but for God's presence. Man has got the free will to come and enter into God's presence. But the church was built for God's presence. The Amplified Bible in 1 Kings 8 verse 17 says, Now it was determined in the heart of my father David to build a house, a temple, for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The one translation says, for his presence. His name and his presence. Amen. His presence. God should feel welcome in the church. We come and we enter into his presence. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all with unveiled face as beholding into a mirror are being transformed. Amen? It's important to gather together in God's presence because you don't change on your own. You don't change on your own. On your own, you become weird. Proverbs 18, verse 1 says, A man that isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. It's in the presence of God that we change. When a brother is next to you, a sister that's next to you, that 
think different, do things in a different way, and now we have to find a Jesus way of doing it. Amen? And we open this and we make this the standard and we say, okay, here is God's way of doing it. Let me submit to it, you submit to it, and we can be of one mind, one heart, one spirit, and we can do something for the kingdom of God. Amen? Have you ever had a thought, I want to do something great for God? Let me see your hand. Big thinkers, big believers. Young people, dream big. Amen? Let me tell you something. We expect of you to do more than what we've done. I've taught my children from a young age. I'm here to lift you up on my shoulders so that you can reach higher heights. Amen? That's the goal. Elijah, Elisha, what happened? It was a double portion that he received so that he could do more. Young people, give me one big amen. And my dad and mom is working too hard. God's going to help you to do more, accomplish more. Because it's by His Spirit, amen? Jesus Himself said, you will do greater things than what I've done on this earth. Get ready to do more. Some of us think we just have to get to that place. Look at this building. Now we're just here. No, no, no. God says, now I want to do more. Are you ready for that? Teach your children from a young age. God wants to bless them. God wants to help them that they can do more. They can reach higher heights than you. Isn't that the reason why you're working so hard? Is to give them a better life? For them to get further in life than you yourself? Parents, let me see your hand. Am I talking to the right people? If you want to do that, you have to choose Jesus. Amen. If you want your name to go down in history, it's not those that say... I want to do great things. Or one day I am going to. It's those that have done it. Because faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Amen? Take that step and go and do something. Start moving in that direction of what God wants to do in your life. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us is freedom to make decisions. That means you can make a decision if I want to do it, not do it. You can make a decision to choose Jesus or not to choose Jesus. To step out or not to step out. When you have freedom in your hands, you have the key to your destiny in your hands. Amen? Today I want to talk primarily to Christians. Is that okay? Please, please turn with me in your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 9. What does the heading say there? Behave like a Christian. Turn to the person next to you say, it's written in the Bible. Behave like a Christian. So this is part, I think, of uh, our job description as, as Christians. Are you ready for it? Let's see what Paul said. Verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. He says, be genuine when it comes to love. Take off the mask. 
Take off the mask. That's the same word being used in 2 Corinthians 3.18. With unveiled face. Take off the mask. If you're not prepared to take off the mask, you're not going to change. Not even one amen. What's happening here this morning? Family. <laughs> mask comes from the word when people used to act and play different characters and put different masks on. It says you cannot be like that because God looks straight into your heart. It says if you want to behave like a Christian, take off the mask. Let love be without hypocrisy. Harbor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Wow. Not lagging in diligence. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not can you serve once, come to church once. Continue in your faithfulness. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. Given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. And weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. He's saying your own thoughts, thinking that you know better, is going to get you into trouble. Young people, listen to me. I think, my opinion. <laughs> All I can say, a very difficult road. Because what you need about the future is not your opinion and what you think. You need what God is saying about the future. And God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. The truth is, even today as I share the word of God... Would you like to hear what I'm thinking and what I'd like to say? No, you don't actually want to. Because you might not like my opinion. But I'm not coming to give you my opinion. I'm coming to give you God's opinion, the word of God. That's what you want to hear. Because my opinion might pull you down. Because I also have bad days. I also have low moments. Are you shocked? Yes. <laughs> But it's in those days that I make a decision to hear what God is saying. Because his thoughts are not my thoughts and his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. I might not want to bless my enemy. If it says parking, be milder. And now somebody has parked seven times on that parking. And you've left a kind, friendly gesture. This is a reserved parking. Please don't park here. Another person is parking there the whole time. 
Remember Peter came and he was very spiritual and he said, Jesus, if somebody has now parked seven times on my parking, what should I do? What did Jesus say to him? He says, you know what? If he's done it seven times 70, still forgive him. Okay, let's just be honest. Your thoughts versus God's thoughts. Your thoughts, who do you think it's time to just blow off one of the tires? Your thoughts, come on, be honest. Take off the mask. Okay, maybe we won't do that. We'll get somebody to clamp the tire. We'll do the Jesus thing, the kind thing, amen. Let me see your hand, anybody here? <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, being a Christian is not easy. Let's get to the best part. Verse 17, repay no evil for evil. Have you got a little revenge book? Little black book <laughs> where you write people's names down that have wronged you? That if you perhaps forget a name, you can go back to the book and just make sure you've still got that name. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here? Are we choosing Jesus this morning? Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for its written vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Have they wronged you? Put it in the hands of God. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, Feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, turn to the person next to you say, It's not easy. Can I say this? No matter the offense, the temptation, what they've done, what they've said, you can still make the decision to move in the opposite spirit. Do not let evil overcome you, but you overcome evil by doing good. To be able to do that, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to choose Jesus in every situation? Because this is what the world needs right now. Where there's so much hatred and prejudice. People need to see Jesus. Not people saying it, people living it. It's not always easy. Who of you in the past week or past month or year has experienced wrong in your life. Let me just see your hand. Am I talking to the right people? All of us have fallen. Those that have fallen have made a decision to respond in a certain way. And if you've made the right decision, it was the grace of God that you could do that. But the way that you respond to situations matter because those things often determine your future. 
where there's so much wrong around us, it's easy to criticize and to point the finger. But we have to step out and go and show the more excellent way. We say it's the end times. So many signs happening around us. Have you asked God what needs to change in my life that I can be ready? The Bible warns us in the last days, people's hearts will become even harder. The love of many will grow cold. We have an expectation that people should love us more. But without the help of Christ, it's impossible. When they hate you, will you still love them? If we don't want to end up like the masses, we have to make sure we hold on to Jesus and we choose Jesus in everything that we do. Our goals and our dreams should be inspired by God. Read this and just try and do one of these things each day. Don't hate. Many will. Don't criticize. Many will. Don't intimidate. Many will. Don't judge. Many will. Especially, I don't want to preach about In the world, don't judge anything. Don't judge people. Amen? But can I say something? In the church, we ought to judge things. <gasps> yes. That's what Scripture says. You're judging me. <gasps> the Bible says I should, because you're a brother. I should come and say, I'm not judging you and condemn you. That's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says judge prophecy. If somebody wants to bring a word, let's judge it and see where it's coming from. Amen? If somebody is doing something which does not line up with the word of God, I should be able to go to you and say, stop your nonsense. What kind of a church are we building if we cannot do that? Amen? The Bible says, honor one another, giving preference to one another. Are you happy when somebody gets blessed? Because we should be like that. You know, David was anointed king. The presence of God had left Saul, and he was serving in the palace, playing the harp that the demon should leave Saul. Just think about that for one minute. He's anointed as the new king. He's in the palace on his own. He's the armor bearer. He's got weapons. He can kill Saul anytime. He can hurt Saul anytime, but he doesn't do it. He serves him. As a matter of fact, when Saul gets angry and throws a spear at him, he just slips away. He did not retaliate because he knew his response would influence his future. Many times we are quick today, even on social media, on Facebook, we just see something that we just agree, disagree a little bit. And we're on social media. 
Your response matters. Anybody can criticize, anybody can point the finger, but who can show a more excellent way? You know what I've realized over the past few years, being a, a pastor, it's very important to love God. The Bible says it's all about loving God and loving people. Those are the two greatest commandments. But because we don't understand love, many people will come and say, I love God. But they don't honor Him. Because if you love Him, you'll obey His word. You'll honor His word. So if you truly say that you love God, honor and obey His word. Otherwise, it's a water-dying, flaky, don't know what kind of love it is. But it's not a sweet-smelling aroma to God. In the times that we are living in, it's easy to get hurt. Who's been hurt lately? To be hated, to be embarrassed, persecuted, wrongly accused. Somebody recently been wrongly accused, let me just see. Treated you wrongly. Your response determines your future. Your response determines your future. We're going to be a church that's going to be ready. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Can we live for the will of God? You know, I think about Jesus being wrongly accused and keeping quiet. What a rare grace. How do you respond to injustice? I mean, if there's now ever been injustice, it was with Jesus Christ when they accused him, and he did not respond. If we had to have the mind of Christ, when people do things that are unjust, unfair, unrighteous towards you, how do you respond? Can I tell you one of the best things that you can do when somebody does that? Pause for a minute and just think about what's happened right now. Don't just react and respond. Because the way that we respond can also be wrong, even when somebody is busy doing something wrong towards us. As a matter of fact, your response can be worse. Amen. Amen. Luke 23, verse 3, Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. The situation did not cause Jesus to respond in a certain way. The crisis, the emergency, what was happening, the fact that they wanted to kill him, didn't push him in a direction to respond differently. I think one of the hardest things to do is when people do something is to pause and to reflect on what is being said, especially when you're being provoked, so that we can stick 
to the job description to behave like a Christian. What Jesus asks of us oftentimes is contrary to what we would want to do. That's why we need God to live this life. So when we say, I choose Jesus, sometimes it, it's something that's so easy. I choose Jesus. We even put on our arms, what would Jesus do? I think sometimes if we have to put here, what would Jesus do? We're in trouble already because we should know what Jesus would do. Because if we're still wondering, we're probably going to do the wrong thing. I'm just talking to myself, amen? I want to know what to do. <laughs> Can I go a little bit deeper? Can we just open this up a little bit more? Are you ready for change? Are you ready to go from where you are right now to where God wants you to go? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, uh, um, Matthew 18. Man, by his very nature, is rebellious. Do you know that? Man's whole nature is rebellious. So our response most of the time is rebellious as well. You can pretend to be kind, but you can never pretend to be patient. Because patience is the power that forces deception to be revealed. In times of success, even a wicked man can seem generous to help. But wait until there's pressure and things get a bit hard. Then you'll see the true nature and character of that person. You'll truly see what's going on in their heart. Are you there, Matthew 18, verse 21? Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children, and that all that he had and the payment be made. Fathers, listen to me. I know you want to be the head of the house. Can I just give you some free advice? Your unforgiving, hard heart of unrepentance can put you and your whole family in prison. You want to be the head of the home? You're the head of the home. But this is something so serious for us as parents because if we as fathers show our children how to forgive, we make life easier for them. you all got like sad faces right now. Smile at me. Say Jesus came to forgive us. He loves us. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you know what statistics say? If a father gives his heart to Christ... 97% of the time, the whole family will start serving God. Wow. If the mother gives her heart to the Lord, 13% of the family starts to serve God. Can you see the importance of a father serving God? 
A father not prepared to forgive, a father with a heart, unforgiving heart, can put a whole family in prison. You're the head of the home. I'm speaking to the daddies. Amen. Let's get our hearts soft before God. Dads, is that okay? Fathers, let go of the offense. Let's go on. Where are we? The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went out and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servants, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Verse 34, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Can I say something? Many people come and say, pray for me for a... There's a spiritual attack. Spiritually, I've been attacked. I'm being tortured. I'm being tormented. Can I tell you something? You don't need prayer. Sometimes it's a spiritual attack and we'll pray for you, but most of the time you just need to forgive. You need to let go of that offense and the torturers will go. Many times people come and they say, I've got a limitation in my life, stagnation in my life. If you're in a prison because of an unforgiving heart, who will get you out if you don't forgive? Hey, no. Amen. I'm just reading the word of God. The ungrateful servant's actions cost him his life and his future. Even for future generations. How many people are sitting here with family members that you've not spoken to for years? Angry with uncle so-and-so. The kids don't even know why. They just know we don't talk to them. The Bible says, let's be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How do we do that? Some people, my thoughts, when I look at it, I think they don't de deserve to be forgiven. Do you have people like that? I'm the only one. Sometimes when I see some people do things, I think it's unforgivable. It happens. But our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Because God knows exactly what sin can do to you. Sin wants to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Your real enemy is sin. Amen? 
we respond in an ungrateful way towards God when God has forgiven us of all sin. When people have wronged us, we don't want to forgive them. But Christ has forgiven us. He says, the only way that you can forgive them, as Christ has forgiven you, how do you want Christ to forgive you? Completely. Any of you want your Christ just to give you 50% or 10%? You want God to forgive you? He says, this is the standard, because I know your thoughts. You in your mind will say, Mm-mm, I'll forgive them, but only 30% or only 50%. Have you ever done that? Sometimes we purpose that in our hearts. Can I just say something? When you do that and you purpose in your heart, I'm only going to forgive this person 50%. That's the forgiveness that flows. And that thing still remains there. And that's why it's an issue in your life year after year after year. But I've forgiven them. I'm fine. You're talking rubbish. Why is it coming up the whole time then? Hebrews 12 says, Be careful lest you fall short of the grace of God, And a root of bitterness springs up, by which many becomes defiled. If you're still defiling the person, talking bad about the person, the root of bitterness is still there. That's just the word of God. But if there's peace here, you can bless them. You can release them. Turn to the person next to you and say, forgiveness is hard. That's why Jesus did it first. To show us the more excellent way. Do you know when we cause God pain? We think we cannot cause God pain. We can cause God pain. When we ignore His existence. When you don't appreciate His love. When you forget His goodness. And you disregard the sacrifice that he made on the cross when he died for you and me. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Forgive those that are offended and forgive those who are offending. So Jesus equally forgave the person that wronged you like he forgave all your sin. Okay, can I have God forgave you? Can I have an amen on that? Now the next difficult one. God forgave the guys who wronged you also. (laughs) You know why God wants you to remember that you've sinned and that he has forgiven you? Because then your heart becomes soft towards those that have wronged you. It's difficult to forgive an enemy, to forgive an offender, until you get to a place where you remember that you were once also God's enemy, but he forgave you. Romans 5, when you wanted nothing to do with him, when you resisted him, when you hated him, he married you. He made himself one with you. That remembrance creates a merciful heart. I'm not saying be sin conscious. The whole time thinking about, forget about your past, but just remember where you come from. There was a time when you had to say, God, please forgive me as well. 
I said to the people when we were praying on Thursday night in the band, I was sharing a similar message. I said, Jesus, when he died on the cross, wasn't just dying for everybody that had lived up to that date, but he was dying for the sins of all the billions that would still be born. Imagine he said on the cross there, yes, give the Lord a hand. Imagine he said there on the cross, it's okay, I'll die for everybody up till this date. But all these people, I know what they're going to do in the future. I know how bad it's going to get. I don't know if I can do that. But the Bible says, for the joy set before him, you and me, he endured the cross. He went through that pain, through that suffering, because he did not focus upon the pain and the suffering. He was focusing on you and me. Loving your enemy always seems unreasonable until you realize and know that you also were once God's enemy. When people wrong you and hurt you and you reject them because of that weakness, remind yourself you're also rejecting all their strengths. A person that's a thorn in the flesh might be the one helping you in the future. No freaking ways. That thorn stays away from me. Never, ever. I'm not on my... <laughs> Family, listen. Those who start well, you have to finish well. But those that come after you, they might be the ones finishing strong. That's why we have to be diligent in this. Amen? Let me tell you something. I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for a long time. I still pray every day, twice a day. I pray a prayer in the morning and I pray a prayer in the afternoon. Most merciful God, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I confess before you and the heavenly hosts that I've sinned in this day in thoughts, in words, and in deeds. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my sin and heal me, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Act in me, O Lord, that my thoughts will be holy. Act in me, O Lord, that my words will be holy. Act in me, O Lord, that my deeds will be holy. Help me, O Lord, that everything about me will be everything about you. Uproot everything that's not of you. Plant everything that's of you. Pray it every day. Because I don't want there to be anything between me and God. Some of the days when I pray that prayer and I think today I'm going to get it right. Before I'm out of the door, I've messed up. Let me see your hand. Am I talking to the right people? Remember, your response to a mistake can also be wrong. Sometimes it can even be worse. That's why we need God to help us in everything that we do. Let me close. Jesus himself learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So the difficulties and the things that you've gone through, 
God is busy shaping us and forming us so that He can take us from where we are to where He wants us to be. Yielding to God and the Holy Spirit in the beginning seems difficult, but the more we start doing it, we see God has got our best interest at heart. It's not about suppressing the flesh, but it's about walking in the Spirit. When you go through a tough time, what do you learn? What do you learn when you go through a tough time? What are you training your heart when you go through a tough time? When somebody has wronged you, what are you training your heart? Do you remain offended? Do you remain bitter? Do you keep unforgiveness? I want nothing to do with this person. Stay away from me. Because I'm telling you, if you're doing that, you're training your heart to hold on to an offense. And you're not only doing it yourself. You're teaching your children to do that as well. And if you train your children to go in that way, when they get older, it will be very difficult for them. Because the world that's waiting for us, people's love will grow colder and colder. Jesus gave us this assurance. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. He didn't beat around the bush. He said, I want you to know offense will come to you. So the question is not if offense is going to come, it's going to come. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've got news for you. Jesus said, offense will come to you. Jesus, why did you say that? <laughs> said offense will come to you. So you know what's the question? How will you respond to that offense? That offense can either be your enemy. They're doing this, they're doing that. And when that is still your enemy, then you become the victim. But when you see it as a friend, you'll hold on to God. Say, I know what you're trying to do, devil. I'm not going to step into this trap. I'm going to keep my peace. I'm going to keep my solid front. I'm going to stand my ground. Standing your ground just simply means keeping your peace. Amen? Can we make a decision? Paul said something very tough. He said, I've lived this life without offense towards God and man. He says, I'm not offended with God and I'm not offending God. And I'm not getting offended with people. I'm not taking offense from people. That doesn't happen in a one day. Takes a time to train your heart. Nothing will keep you more on course to do that than a deep love for God. Making sure that you always give Jesus the rightful place in your heart. And when offense wants to step into your heart, to let go of it. And if you have to deal with deep hurts, because sometimes things are more serious than others, then let the Holy Spirit deal with that. And some things we can handle on our own, and sometimes we need people to help us. Amen? That's why the body of Christ is here. Turn to the person next to you say, choosing Jesus is choosing to love him. I'm just closing with this. Your response matters. Your response matters. If you say, I choose Jesus, then you have to pause and think for one minute before you're going to say something. Because our response determines our future. God loved us so much that he came and he died. 
came and he died. Offense came in through one man, Adam that sinned. But guess what? Grace and righteousness came in through one man. And Christ came to deal with that once and for all, to show us a more excellent way. So when you are saying, I'm choosing Jesus, you don't have to do it on your own. You have a friend in the Holy Spirit that will help you. Do you have something in your life that offends you over and over? Just let me see your hand. Certain things that... Okay, other hand. Who of you have got a small little thing that should not offend you, but that gets you, like, super angry? Okay. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Need the Holy Spirit so that we can choose Jesus even in those small things. He wants to help you in the small things and he wants to help you in the big things. The small things and the big things. He wants to help you with all those things. And your response in that matters. Get Jesus' opinion about every one of your situations, everything that's happening, and you'll see there'll be light and life and an answer that will take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. See Allah. Precious Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your tremendous grace. Thank you, Lord, for your sons and your daughters that made a decision to serve you. Help us, O Lord, to keep our hearts pure before you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. I want everybody to stand to their feet right now. Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Holy Spirit, help me to be ever conscious of your presence. I want to be conscious of your presence in Jesus' mighty name. Say, take more of me and give me more of you. Let everything about me become everything about you. All my thoughts, all my words, all my deeds. Pray, say, oh, Holy Spirit, oh, Holy Spirit, open my heart to faith. Open my heart to your word. Make me believe in your own way. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the grace to be in your presence today. You are holy. Give me the grace to be sincere in my thoughts, in my words, and in my deeds. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask of you today, commit yourself to whatever I say, whatever I do, and wherever I go. In Jesus' mighty name, guide me, O Holy Spirit that I might do what is right, that I might do what is right in your sight, in Jesus' mighty name. Let your word abide in me, and I abide in it. Make out of me a servant with a difference. Lord Jesus, open my understanding so that we will doubt no more. Worry and fear no more. Open my heart to faith. Open my heart to faith. 
open my heart to faith. In your holy name I pray. Grant unto me your kind of faith. The kind of faith you need to meet all my needs. Lord Jesus, I'm ready to do your will. To obey your words. Jesus, I want to be a doer of your word. A doer of your words. In your holy name we pray. I pray that you will give me a hearing heart. In Jesus' name. Teach me how to recognize your voice. And obey it. Help me, O Lord. To be aware of my faith. Even under pressure and tension. Help me, Lord. To be aware of my faith. Even under pressure and tension. O Holy Spirit. Help me to always. Choose Jesus. In everything I do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God hears our prayers. Amen. Can I tell you one thing? When it comes to offense. When it comes to offense and you hold on to that offense. The book of John chapter 9, I think 31, says, God does not hear the prayers of sinners. New Testament. New Testament. Does not hear that. Why? Because sin is unrighteousness. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and His ears are attentive to their prayers. Righteousness is a position that we hold in Christ Jesus. When we accept that he has died on the cross for us, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does Matthew 6 verse 33 say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does the book of James say? The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So if you want God to hear your prayers to make haste to help you, confess that sin. Amen. So that God can disconnect you from the unrighteousness. Seeking righteousness. Seeking righteousness is when that you know when there's unrighteousness, you confess it. So that God can disconnect you from that. It's not just us going, oh, grace, grace. No, no, no. Let's stand in awe of God, of what He has done upon the cross. Amen? So I want every person right now, put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer loud after me. Say, precious Father... My situation is beyond human means. Need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that He's alive right now, making intercession all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. 
If you've prayed that prayer, your sins are forgiven. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Amen? Your past is Egypt. It's a place of defeat and failure. God is taking you into the promised land. So if I can give you good advice, connect to a team. Get submitted and committed in a church. Amen? Connect to a team. Number two, discover the dream. Discover the gifts that God has given you. Amen? So that you can use it to advance the kingdom of God. And lastly, serve in a dream team. Amen? Serve in a dream team. Use that which God has given you so that you can serve. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.